This is the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Does everyone understand what sustainable means? This means that everything has to be uh, in such a way that it can be reused and uh, repurposed. And they want to make everything sustainable. That's how come... Um, fossil fuels aren't going to cut it because fossil fuels are not sustainable. You use them, you burn them, they cause, you know, carbon, so on and so forth, and we can't have that. So we've got to use something sustainable, something that's earth-friendly, like batteries. <laughs> batteries are, are earth-friendly and, um, and windmills. And uh, wind, you know, wind turbines, you know, so those are, that's what their idea of sustainable is. They don't care how much damage it does to the earth in the process of making it, as long as they can look at it and say, oh, I feel good about that. You know, as long as you feel good about what you're doing, it's the right thing to do. Unless, of course, it has something to do with God. And then you're all messed up. It's, it's the wrong thing. The key word is sustainable. It's the agenda that's centered on the idea that we can sustain a utopian society if we follow their plan. Looking forward to that, aren't you? You know? So they came up with these 17 Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs. If you hear me use that term, I'll probably use them uh, through the uh, teaching, that they define success. That's what SDGs, they define success. That sounds good, doesn't it? Woohoo, we're going to have the perfect society. We have everything we need to do that. We haven't been working on this for the last 6,000 years. Um, we've, we've just, you know, fortunately now we have the right people in the right place to actually accomplish our goals. We can get it done now because the right people are in charge of, of doing this. This agenda is a plan of action for people, planet, and prosperity. It also seeks to strengthen universal peace in larger freedom. Universal peace. We recognize that eradicating poverty in all its forms and dimensions, including extreme poverty, is the greatest global challenge and an indispensable requirement for sustainable development. All countries and all stakeholders acting in collaborative partnership will implement this plan. We are resolved to free the human race from the tyranny of poverty and want and to heal uh, poverty and want and whatever they... This is from their website, so if I don't read it properly. And to heal and secure our planet. We're determined to take the bold and transformative steps which are urgently needed to shift the world onto a sustainable and resilient path. As we embark on this collective journey, this sounds like something from Star Trek, we pledge 
that no one will be left behind. They took that from the series. The 17 sustainable development goals and 169 targets, which we are announcing today, demonstrate the scale and ambition of this new universal agenda. It's, they're going to do this on the whole universe. They seek to realize the human rights of all and to achieve gender equality and the empowerment of all women and girls. They are integrated and indivisible and balance the three dimensions of sustainable development, the economic, the social, and the environmental. The Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs, also known as the Global Goals, were adopted by the United Nations in 2015 as the universal call to action to end poverty, protect the planet, and ensure that by 2030, all people enjoy peace and prosperity. By 20, we have seven years. Woohoo! We've been waiting for this all our lives, and in seven years, it's going to happen. They're going to they're gonna make it happen. It's just amazing. I am very impressed. So this is the first SDG, and this is the primary one. End poverty in all its forms everywhere. We're going to just wipe out poverty. Have we done a good job at this anywhere in the world? anywhere. We have had socialism, Marxism, you know, we've had, uh, you know, tyrannical leaders. We've had, you know, leaders that were not even there. And, uh, you know, and, and have we ever made headway into solving this problem? No. And Jesus said, we're always going to have these people among us. You know, so Jesus was the one that really told us what we need to be doing, what we need to be focusing on. But now we're told new threats brought on by climate change, conflict, and food insecurity mean even more work is needed to bring people out of poverty. So climate change is injected in there. We're going to have a problem with poverty because of climate change. A new social contract needs to emerge from this crisis that uh, rebalances deep uh, inequalities that are prevalent across societies. To put it bluntly, the question should no longer be whether resources for effective social protection can be found but how they can be found. Have you guys heard of universal basic income? UBI? Okay. So it promises to be a useful element in such a framework. We need, (laughs) we will need fair taxation. Fair taxation. We're going to hire 87,000 new uh, tax officers to make sure that we get it. Countries will have to work together. That's um, solving the problem there right now. Exchanging data to stop people and corporations from evading taxes. 
We must all pay our fair share. Who in here isn't paying their fair share? Okay, good. Just for the record, no one raised their hand. In good conscience, we can no longer privatize profit and socialize law. There we have it. We got to pay our fair share. That's the real problem, is that we're not putting enough in. Well, when we're talking about third world countries, we're talking about uh, people that don't have anything to pay at all. When Jesus saw the woman go in and put two mites into the treasury, he said she gave more than everyone else, you know, because that's all she had, and she gave that. And we, who have more than two mites, uh, are not doing enough for the government to make sure that we have this equity. And so they want to, well, we've heard of this before, you know, and, and we've talked about this. It used to be called socialism, right? And communism? But we're not using those words anymore. Uh, we're eradicating those words because they have negative connotations. So now we're using uplifting words like fair share. You know, you're giving your fair share. Well, let's hear from uh, Professor Richard Werner. Richard Werner was the professor that came up with um, quantitative easing. Okay, he, this guy is really a genius. I've watched about two dozen of his videos. And he really is a smart man, an economist. He came up with the idea of quantitative easing, and we know that it didn't work out, right? That's because they didn't implement quantitative easing the way he said they should. He said, this is how to implement it. And then when they started only implementing half of it, he said, hold on, you can't do that. You've got to do it all or don't do it at all because you're going to cause inflation. Then you're going to cause deflation. You're going to cause stagnation. He was telling them everything that was going to happen if they did it wrong, but they did it their way and uh, they started out. So let's hear from him. But what was already ready around 2015 is the ultimate goal, what they really want. Apparently, I was told by a central banker, is, you know, CBDCs looks like a small grain of rice that they want to put under your skin, which is, in my view, a violation of human dignity. And they realize there is a hurdle. So to get people to, get people to accept this, there will be, you know, why, why suddenly all the billionaires saying, let's have universal basic income? Because the story is going to be, oh, now we've created, we've created this vast unemployment and, and uh, disruption and crises. Well, we need universal basic income. You will get uh, 2,000 euros into your account every month. But of course, to run this efficiently, we need to use the latest technology. So, you know, you, you need the <laughs> CBDC uh, chip implant. But how many people will say, okay, fine, 
2,000 pounds, uh, 2,000 euros, you know. Um. A, surprising, <laughs> a, a surprising proportion, shockingly, obviously, to me or yourself, but we've seen uh, years ago in Sweden, there has been a substantial small minority take-up of what's currently much larger. It's kind of like a little cylinder in stainless steel, I guess. Maybe it's titanium or something. Uh, and they are doing it because they just want to. They want to be early adopters of this nonsense. So if anyone's listening and that sounds fanciful or conspiracy theorish, uh, the fact is in Sweden they are taking it up and in other places, and that's not coming out of nowhere. That's not just some local tech firm makes this. You, you know, it's part of it's the early adoption kind of tendrils. So CBDCs are a solution for a problem we don't have, and they want to implement it, uh, implant it under your skin. That's what he, Richard was saying. And then in this video, he actually said, you will get 2,000 euros, which is about $2,135 at current rate, uh, into your account every month. But of course, to run this efficiently, they, they will say, we need to use this latest technology, so you need the CBDC chip implant into your hand. You will have to think of CBDCs, I wrote that wrong, as a control system or permit system, not a currency. Professor Warner, Warner explained, or it's pronounced Werner, uh, it's a conditional currency based on you actually getting that permit. Now, if you happen to be some kind of critic of government policy or a critic of central banks, this could be difficult. Getting the permit to getting your account, getting your CBDC account. Or if you dare to step out of the 15-minute city zone, you know, maybe you'll find that, oh, my CBDC is not working. Of course, these are things we've already seen in China. What he's talking about is the CBDC, the central bank that we talked about last week and the digital currency of that central bank. Um, they're going to issue money. Well, have we ever seen anything like this before? COVID. They started sending us our own money. And, uh, you know, they, they had like $70,000 per person and sent us 2100 and that was supposed to make us feel good. And, and so everybody wanted to be on board that train. Now, do you know there are places that actually do that in the world where they give their, um, uh, their citizens money every month? Alaska is one of them that they actually have, um, I, I don't know how much it is, but they distribute money from the government to the citizens in Alaska every month. So um, that's just one of these universal basic um, uh, uh, information or, or uh, excuse me, um, I forget what it is, UBI. UBI's. And um, it is being distributed to certain places, certain people. Well, they want to make this universal. They want to make it 
for everyone. So if they do that, you have to be in line with them. You can't, you know, buck the system. You have to be doing what they want you to do um, so that you get your distribution. And uh, they're uh, probably going to end up um, doing that. So um, how do we achieve these goals? One is to access the financial network owned by everyone, uh, WorldCoin. Alex Blanya wants billions of people to scan their eyes for a global ID. WorldCoin consists of a privacy-preserving digital identity world ID and where laws allow a digital currency received simply for being human. All you have to do is be human. Most of you are. We hope that where the rules are less clear, such as in the U.S., steps will be taken so more people can benefit from both, from the digital ID and from the universal money. CEO Alex Bania said in a joint statement. Then he recently insisted that a global form of ID will eventually be required to access the internet. So my high-level response is that something like World ID will eventually exist, meaning that you will need to verify that you are human on the internet whether you like it or not, said Blania according to Coindesk. It's probably going to happen in the next couple of years. This statement came out this year. So that's the guy who is going... Oh, by the way, Blania, being the CEO of World ID, uh, you know, you would think that, you know, he has World Coin. He's very involved in this. So, you know, what else could he be involved in? Oh, he's also the CEO of OpenAI, the creator of ChatGPT. So if you want to talk about a guy that's got his foot in both worlds and is already pursuing the things that... Um, so, so that's why this whole digital ID thing, he wants to do a retina scan so that they can make sure that the AI is not faking something. They can make sure that it's a human. But every time you go on the internet, you have to retina scan to get on the internet so that they know the person that's using uh, the equipment. is. Do you think AI won't be able to fool that after a while? Because your retina scan is still a digital ID. Once it gets inside the system, it's a digital record. They can still, you know, AI can figure that out. If I could figure it out, AI can figure it out. So, you know, they're, they're going to have pastors solve these problems. So, nice. On the way to solving poverty now. Um, so, we're um, going... Now to uh, end global hunger. 
ending hunger, achieving food security, and improve nutrition and promote sustainable agriculture. Okay, so here are the key things is promoting sustainable type foods. So in the Western Journal here, as food plants catch fire, these aren't plants as in little plant. I'm talking about manufacturing plants. As food plants catch fire, massive facility opens to process crickets for human consumption. Yum. This is from Forbes. The world's largest insect protein farm signals future of our food supply. So uh, here, uh, uh, there's one in um, Alberta, and uh, they're huge. They say we're, we're producing food for animals, you know, animal feed. Uh, they didn't specify if humans are animals uh, or not, but um, they are producing quite a bit of this. Let's go. Your Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, but we are in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution, which accelerates global change. Global energy systems, food systems, and supply chains will be deeply affected. It means investing into a greener and therefore more sustainable economy. Climate change can lead to an extinction of large parts of our global population. How about you eating the bugs? <laughs> insects may be on our menu. Bugs for dinner? Eating insects? In a couple of years, business could well be hopping. Do the people in charge really want us to eat bugs? <laughs> Ancient elites were conspiracy involved. people. They invent anything you can think of, but uh, no, it, it, it's complete nonsense. Uh, the company is called Insect. This is an insect protein just been approved by the EU. Klaus Schwab said, We have infiltrated the governments of the Netherlands. And, and it's really. He's quite open about it. He's open about it. So, yeah. no conspiracy theory whatsoever. Nobody forces people to eat uh, insects. Kidman, and I am going to eat a four-course meal of bugs. So that was a trailer for a show that Tucker put on. It's um, currently on Fox Nation, and uh, and it's a full one hour, and it really goes into all the details of who Insect is, that why Insect. Uh, it's uh, I think it's in Norway wasn't it in Norway um, yeah and uh, they are producing massive amounts of, um, of flour uh, from bugs and so um, how much is massive enough that you probably have it in some of the products that you're eating already it's on the shelf um, and all you have to do is look at the ingredients in the food that you're eating, and there are a couple of new ingredients that you may not recognize that are these uh, bugs 
that they're powdering, putting, making flour out of, and, and putting them in. So, um, nothing to be afraid of. I mean, you know, John the Baptist ate bugs, and, you know, just carry around a little jar of honey, and uh, you'll be good to go. You know, we're, we're, we're never going to run out of bugs. So, uh, but that's um, one way. If you're worried about ending hu- hunger, um, well, we have to be more concerned about our food supply being destroyed. You've heard over the last year and a half of all the cattle that were slaughtered. You know that um, cattle place in Texas uh, that uh, was, was slaughtered. There were... Um, a huge slaughter of cattle down there. Um, One of the ranchers that knows the rancher there said that that was a state-of-the-art facility. If they, you know, had a little fire in some location on the property, um, you know, alarms would have gone off and, and they would have known that there was something wrong and they would have been able to get to it uh, right away. So they said the likelihood of that just accidentally happening is next to impossible. So what's going on? Does anyone have any inside information? I don't. It's almost like these guys created Agenda 2030 thinking... Let's write something that'll get us through the tribulation period. We can tell people, oh, this is all part of the plan. See, we're planning this already. You know who knows about the tribulation probably better than we do? Satan. That's right. He knows the Bible better than we do, right? He just doesn't know what time it's happening. And guess what? No one else does either. So he is probably stirring people up saying, okay, we're going to get ready for this. Let's get these leaders, you know, tuned in and ready to implement this. And so he's got his people in place. I mean, uh, the, the one, we talked about the one world government last week, and we can see that that's just the controlling organism to make all of this take place, to actually implement Agenda 2030. And if there's any question about what they're doing, if people actually raise a ruckus about what's going on, they can say, but it's Agenda 2030. You Americans are just so selfish. You know, you... you, you don't understand what the rest of the world is going through. And they're right. We don't know what many other places in the world are going through. Uh, that's absolutely true. So does that mean we have to suffer so that they can have it better? By the way, they're not going to have it better. They're not going It's by us suffering, it's not going to elevate anyone. It's just going to put us at their level. That's really what the plan is. Because if you make everyone um, have to be um, subservient to the government, well, you have to go to the government for everything. You know, they're going to solve that problem right away. We're, we're going to take care of everyone. And, uh, and you're going to like it. 
So uh, we're going into number four. What do we got up here? Three. Ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for all at all ages. So um, there are 25 million children. They missed out on important routine immunizations in 2021. This is on their website. They're worried about this. Uh, Six million more than in 2019. They're wanting to immunize all children under six years old. And the number, if it, I didn't put the slide up there with the picture. There's actually a picture of a child. And they have all of the injections of what they're going to be injected with. 43. 43 vaccinations from zero to six years old. That's what they want to do. That's how uh, they, they want to achieve health and, and make sure that we're all healthy. Ensure inclusive and equitable quality education and promote lifelong learning opportunities for all. Wow, we, we jump from that to equitable education, quality education. They have been doing this for years. We, we have this high-quality education, and our kids, you know, can, Common Core, uh, they have no idea what they're doing anymore. They can't make change. When, when you go into a store and these teenagers are there and, you know, it's $20 and, or, or it's uh, $11.12 and you give them $20.12, they're like, you, you're giving me too much. You know, they, they can just punch it in the computer and, and it'll tell you how much the change is, you know, and, and you can figure it out. Uh, I was doing that at 12 years old in my father's store in Queens. You know, I knew how to make change. Kids today, they don't even know how to do the basic, uh, you know, handling of money. Here's what they're doing in the school. This is what's more important to have our children doing. This is here. A direct, look at all those children. Look at the parents with the children in the crowd doing this. This is what's important. Next. This is somehow equitable. Uh, you know, what is that? I don't mean as in if it's a male or a female. I mean, that's evil. You know, that's the personification of evil. And so when we see things like this, it's like, you know, you're not trying to teach. Where are the normal people? Where are the normal parents so that they would be against something like this? Kirk Cameron, he has a, a new series of books called Brave, and um, they're all you know, uh, good, healthy books that a lot of them are, have Christian-based themes and stuff like that. But he wanted to go and do a reading in the libraries. They wouldn't let him. They would let 
them do it, but they wouldn't let him go in and do Bible readings. It, it, they weren't even going to promote it. All he wanted to do was just to go in. And so there is the disconnect. The disconnect is in our schools, in our education system, in our libraries, in any of our public outreaches to the communities, we are, can do this, but you can't speak the word of God. You can't even do something and read something that's not biblical if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, and you just want to go and do a reading of some sort. They, they won't do it. And, and they are eliminating the old novels that were uh, the stuff that we read when we were in school. They're eliminating them from the schools, but they're putting these books into the schools. That's pretty sickening, isn't it? So they brainwash the children into believing what they're taught. This is really what the, pro- what the program is. We're going to tell them what to think. They have no knowledge of what critical thinking is. They can't solve problems on their own because it's been removed from the curriculum. And now the curriculum is just for the purpose of giving them the information they want them to have. We're going to raise people that are going to be subservient and they're going to be good citizens, you know, for our government. That's what's going on right now. And they're proud of it. Agenda 2030 is their greatest victory. They're proud of what they're doing. Number five goal, achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls. Gender equality, so we have to empower women and girls. Now, I have no problem with that statement, okay? We, we need to make sure that there's equality. Have we been bad at that in the past? Yes, I, I would admit in the past, we've had trouble with that. The problem is now the pendulum swung so far to the other side that now it doesn't make any sense uh, what they're doing. How, how do you think this will go over in the Middle East? Right? Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, we're, we're going to do this, we're going to implement this, Right? It, it ain't happening. It, it will never happen over there. One of the targets, and remember I was talking about the targets that, uh, that they're aiming at. One of the targets for gender equality is universal access to reproductive health and rights. Abortion. They want universal access to abortion worldwide. Even if you don't want it you know, we're going to force you to have that access. And how can we have gender equality when men are dressing as women and then going and taking their jobs and acting like women and taking their jobs? Sports, how can, you know, how do you have equality when you're promoting that? So even in their own logic, their own reasoning, it doesn't make any sense. Michigan's recent bill making it a felony for people to harass 
or intimidate someone by misgendering them and using the wrong pronouns has sparked controversy in the state with former judge and television personality Joe Brown calling the measure an abomination. The new measure, House Bill 4474, is part of a package of legislation that would replace Michigan's existing Ethnic Intimidation Act and would make it a hate crime to cause someone, hold on, to feel terrorized, frightened, or threatened with words. All you have to do is feel. If you feel it, then it's real, and now we can, we can put a, uh, a lawsuit against you. That was one of those that said fake news. Uh, one of the fact checks said fake news. No, it, it's not fake news. It's out there. It's on all the news stations. Uh, one of the things that made it to you know, all the news stations. But um, what they tried to imply with the fake news is that um, if you just call someone um, by, uh, you know, hey, man, I'm not a man, I'm a woman, whatever, you know, and, and, and you say that, that's it. If you don't call them by their pronoun, you're going to jail. Uh, well, that's not what this is talking about. Uh, but it goes to the next level if they feel like they've been threatened. If they feel that you did it to intimidate them, um, it, it's a felony up to a $10,000 fine. It, it's, you know, uh, pretty drastic. So, um, you know, and I feel you guys staring at me. This is This is really unnerving up here. Uh, next is um, sustainable management of water and sanitation for all. So um, Bill Gates is working on this one. Uh, water and sanitation for all. He is going to be using reclaimed water, taking reclaimed water, and that is what they're going to provide those people in areas that don't have good clean water. They're going to take the reclaimed water and they're going to make it into drinking water and then provide that. Um, if you want to find out how well that works, just go down to the fountain, scoop out a cup. out It's reclaimed water there. You know, take a drink. Um, you know, so... Um, you know, and if they get malaria or anything, he has a vaccine for that. So, um, you know, that's, that's pretty sad. But, you know, here are some of the things that are really going to happen to our water. Uh, one third of the water supply on the earth is going to be uh, turning to blood. It's going to be undrinkable. You know, the seas are going to turn to blood. And then there's going to be wormwood. Wormwood is like a comet of some sort that's going to come down and it's going to um, damage uh, one-third of all the fresh water uh, on Earth. And, and people are going to drink it and be poisoned by it and die. Uh, Revelation chapter 8. So, you know, we know that these things are eventually going to happen. But... They're trying to make you believe that they've got a solution to it before it even happens. They already have their finger on the pulse. Seven, ensure access to affordable, 
reliable, sustainable, and modern energy for all. Here's the key word, sustainable. So affordable and sustainable don't go together. Okay? It's impossible. Because we don't have anything sustainable that's affordable. Everything that, you know, these windmills and everything that they are putting up, the, the problem with the windmills isn't so much the amount of energy that they generate, it's transmission. That's what the problem is. If you had the windmill in your yard, hey, you'd be doing okay. Because it's like right there, and it's transmitting an energy right there. But when you have them in the middle of Palm Springs out in the desert... And then you're trying to transmit that energy back in there. By the time it makes it to someplace useful, it's already lost like 50% of its energy. And so it's negligible, the amount of energy that these things are actually producing. And it's not reliable. You're right. In Texas, we saw what happened there... Um, when it wasn't reliable enough to keep the lights on uh, during ice storms and stuff like that. It's very, very sad. The, the, <clears throat> the affordable energy that we have right now, like um, affordable being a Tesla, and, um, you know, most people just can't run out and buy a Tesla. Uh, they're coming down in price. So, but the, the problem is, they're throwaway cars. After your batteries wear out, the cost of replacing the battery is more than buying a new car. So then they have to take the car and nothing in the car's electrical system is recyclable. And so now you've just created a bunch of more waste that, you know, what are we going to do with this now? And so their mentality is, hey, we'll make people feel good about, you know, doing something like driving an electric car. And um, it doesn't matter whether or not it really... Equitable? How about the kids that are mining for the materials to make the batteries? These kids are shoeless shirtless, working in these mines, digging out the cobalt material for the batteries and in terrible conditions uh, so that we can drive in Teslas. They don't put that on the news. They don't talk about that. As long as you're doing something good for the nation by driving a, uh, um, a, and I have nothing against Teslas, because you know what, the other cars are, are causing just as much problems, they have just as many issues with, um, you know, the environment. You know, there, there isn't an easy solution to this, but there are good economical solutions that we're not using, uh, like hydrogen, um, whatever happened to hydrogen? It's out there. They have prototypes that are functioning. What, uh, what does hydrogen produce? Water. 
And so they have the vehicles. They have the... It used to be that hydrogen was dangerous because, you know, in an impact it would explode and stuff. They've already solved that problem. They've built triple wall tanks that are really secure and so on and so forth. and, And they've tested those. So where is it? Someone doesn't want us to have it. And so... That's right. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I go online, I look at the research, and I find out what they have done and what's out there. And then I ask the question, why don't we see it? Why don't we have this at our access? And there is no explanation for that. So, anyway. Next. Promote sustained, inclusive and sustainable economic growth, full and productive employment, and decent work for all. Decent work. Decent work. Isn't decent work based on what you think decent work is? Um, You know, because some people think, um, you know, computers and that type of technology is decent work. Other people are like, that's, I don't want to do that, you know. I, I'll play games for a living. Oh, that's decent work. Okay, we need people to play games. And, and so, um, going back to the basic universal stuff. Build a resilient infrastructure. Promote inclusive. What is it with that word? What, they just had it hanging around and decided to use it on the slides? Promote inclusive and sustainable industrialization and foster innovation. Are they really achieving that? Are they getting to the point where they're fostering innovation? It really seems like they're doing just the opposite. They're stifling innovation by forcing certain industries, okay, this is what we need this is what you're going to produce. Electric cars, this is what you're going to produce. And, uh, you know, we're going to all electric cars in California by 2030 or uh, whatever it was that he came out with, 2035. You know, and it's just ridiculous because, you know, you can't have an electric truck out there delivering stuff across country, you know, unless the tractor trailer is a battery, you know, and so what are you going to, you know, deliver a box of donuts? Uh, you know, so it's just ridiculous some of the stuff that they're coming up with. So um, this is, um, what were we on, gold nine? Yeah, no, let's go back to nine. So um, this is the infrastructure um, slide. They are having, they have so many rules. If you've ever been in California and they're going to build something there, it takes you two years to do an environmental impact study before you even get to the point of prototyping what you're going to build or, or, or coming up with plans for what you're going to build. So I was at um, Camp Pendleton uh, when we were building. We built the LCAC facility there in Camp Pendleton. And uh, so uh, I accidentally um, parked my car in the dirt on the side of the apron. Uh, Now, Camp Pendleton is massive. It's huge. But when Pendleton gave it 
to the government, he said, this percentage of the property needs to be maintain a natural habitat. And so any buildings they put up are eating up that habitat. And that's how come they're so picky about that. But they took it to the next level. So I parked in the dirt on the side so I wasn't on the cement where the apron is. You're not allowed to park cars on there. And uh, you can park a, a 200-ton LCAC on there, but you can't park a car on there. It may damage the cement. And so, uh, so I was parked off to the side and... This guy comes up and he's like, get your car off here, get your car. What are you talking about? You're, you're killing the, uh, you know, environmental creatures here. What? You know, there's, not, there's nothing here, you know. And I looked down and there were, there were ants. <laughs> and he said, you're killing the ants. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. They also um, want to, in the infrastructure, want to implement clean technologies. At what cost? You know, at what cost? Everything is going to cost so much to implement if you're trying to do everything using their models. Goal 10. Reduce inequality within and among countries. Okay, so now we're going to level the playing field among countries. Can you even fathom that? Is that even possible, how we can level among countries? If we're going to do that, what's going to happen to this country to achieve equality with all of uh, the other countries? Uh, One of the targets is to increase the bottom 40% of the population at a rate higher than the national average. How is that equitable to the other 60%? I I don't understand. Even the things they come up with contradict their own plans. And it's really a bunch of foolishness. So a target for this goal is to ensure equal opportunity and reduce inequalities of outcome including by eliminating discriminatory laws, policies, and practices, and promoting appropriate legislation, policies, and action in this regard. How do you measure that? How is that even possible? Well, they actually have a way to measure that. Uh, When the proportion of population reporting have personally felt discriminated against or harassed in the previous 12 months based on the, uh, uh, on the basis of a ground of discrimination prohibited under the international human rights law is reducing. When that's reducing, when, when the feeling of being discriminated against is reducing, then we're achieving our goals. People, they got paid lots of money to come up with this, you know? You think you could have written this up like in a half hour? And Goal 11, make cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, resilient, and sustainable. Now, we're talking about cities and human settlements, 
So that means cities aren't human settlements, but um, we're making them inclusive, except for people that disagree with us. Inclusive to everyone that's on board with our program and exclusive to everyone else. We're, this is going to be like a Mad Max movie, uh, you know, where uh, those people are the, you're, you're not inclusive, sorry, you're, you're out there. Next. Ensure sustainable consumption and production patterns. So, patterns. We, we just have to come up with a pattern that is sustainable consumption. Do you know what a sustainable consumption uh, pattern looks like? Well, I don't know either. But it's back to eating bugs, right? That's sustainable consumption because we can keep producing bugs. You know, we're not going to grow more food. We're not going to, those stupid cows are belching again. Let's eliminate those cows. They're causing all kinds of problems. But we're going to go ahead and eat bugs instead. Except for Bill and his gang, they're going to be eating ribeyes. You know, so here's one of the ways to achieve this. This is off their website. Do some research and buy from companies you know have sustainable practice, uh, practices and don't harm the environment. So basically what they're saying is boycott anyone who doesn't follow our rules. Boycott them and do research and follow the ones that do. Next. Take urgent action to... <laughs> Combat climate change and its impacts. Urgent action. I'm going to stop breathing. Um, in between breaths, I'm going to hold my breath. And uh, so that'll reduce uh, by 50%. If I just hold my breath for one breath and then... Um, wow. If everyone did that, we'd be saving the world. We'd, we'd be... Uh, solving all of these problems. Uh, so uh, the lower and middle class are going to be the ones really affected most by climate change plans and, 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 and processes. Uh, so there was this video, I was going to show it, but we're running late. Um, they, there is the um, minister uh, of Spain, uh, she comes up to the climate change um, conference uh, overseas there on a bicycle. She rides up on a bicycle. A and um, so it, it makes it look like, hey, someone's doing something, right? What they didn't show you is she got on the bicycle 100 yards away from the conference. She rode there in a limo and flew in a jet to the conference, but those last hundred yards she did on a bicycle. That's how you solve problems. That's all you have to do is appear like you care, and we can solve problems. Conserve and sustainably use the oceans, seas, and marine resources for sustainable development. You guys know about the big plastic islands that are in the Pacific Ocean? Uh, so I did a little more research on it. And, um, and really, it's, uh, um, I think it's 
of the materials that are out there are coming from land. And then the other 20% are from ships and other um, things. So, but there's this current that continues to circulate out there. And these islands of plastic are just out there. And they just keep moving around and, and moving around. I just want to let you know, um, you may go out there and find some of your recycling material out there in the ocean. Because they're selling your recycling to other countries so that we don't have to deal with it in our own country. And they're putting it on ships, selling it to these other countries. Those countries take it and throw it in the ocean. This is real. I I'm, I'm, didn't make this up. Um, they're actually doing this and, you know, or they have big, huge piles of it in many of the Asian islands and stuff like that. The Philippines has so many islands over there, they could just probably pick an island and make a landfill out of it and everyone brings it there. But no, we're just gonna just throw it out here and, uh, and let it float around. This is reality and uh, it's actually taking place next Protect, restore, and promote sustainable use of terrestrial ecosystems. Sustainably manage forests. Oh, we're seeing how well they do with that right now. As a matter of fact, they're destroying the forest. Combat desertification. Have you ever heard of that word before? It's the uh, increase of deserts. And, and so on and so forth. They, they've been working on that in the Sahara for quite a while. And halt and reverse land degradation and halt biodiversity loss. There's not a stinking thing that can possibly happen to make any of that change. Uh, this is the earth, you know. And do you know if you took all the people on the face of the earth and brought them to Rhode Island. Rhode Island. All the people on the face of the earth and gave them two square feet to stand, they'd all fit on Rhode Island. So when they say, oh, overpopulation, we have too many people, send them to Rhode Island. Nobody likes Rhode Island anyway. So, you know, I think... Oh, Cheryl likes Rhode Island. I'm sorry, honey. Um, but, I, I mean, re, the reality is they make these broad statements because 80% of the people are not going to question them, are not going to challenge them on any of these things. And so, uh, you know, this is just going to keep going on and on and on. Promote peaceful and inclusive societies for sustainable development. Societies... We're going to form societies for sustainable development. Promote peaceful and inclusive. If you're not peaceful and if you're not inclusive, man, what are they going to do? Get rid of all the alpha people from the planet? You know, and sorry, you guys, you, you got to go live somewhere else. Uh, for sustainable development, provide access to justice. Provide access. There is, for all... And build effective, accountable, and inclusive institutions at all levels. Justice for all. The lawyers are saying, yes, 
I've got a job. I've got something to keep me busy because we're going to have justice for all. Uh, Sorry, it's pro bono. Um, So last slide. Strengthen the means of implementation and revitalize the Global Partnership for Sustainable Development. They just basically said, give us all the power. That's what they said. That's what that's saying. We're going to strengthen the means of implementation, and they're the ones implementing it. So they're saying, strengthen our power, give us the power so that we can revitalize the Global Partnership for Sustainable Development and we become demigods. And so this is a little scary, isn't it? Not to be afraid. They're not going to get this implemented But they've been trying for many years. This isn't something new. Um, This actually started in the late 90s where they actually started implementing this. It's the same plan. They just used more inclusive words. And um, and they they got it uh, more tailored for the current day. But really, it's the same plan. And they're trying over and over. So what does that mean to us as Christians? Here's what it means. That Jesus is coming soon. 